We're continuing to discuss the laws of beer, which is the obligation to make sure that all tithes have been removed from one's house by the deadline, which is Pesach of the fourth and seventh year of the Shemitah cycle. And the focus of our Mishnah is Tevel, which somebody has. Tevel is untithed produce, and although Tevel intrinsically is not holy itself, since within the Tevel are all of the tithes, they just haven't been separated yet, but there are potential tithes within the Tevel, and because of that, Tevel is considered holy somewhat. And so everybody in this Mishnah agrees that Tevel, which is obligated in Maestras, when it comes to the beer, all of the Maestras have to be separated. And then either they're given to the owners, the Khanim, the Leviim, or they will be destroyed, like Maestras Shani. But the question of our mission is, what about Teva which has not yet been fully processed? We learnt at length in Maseches Maestras that there are two significant stages in produce's growth. The first one is Oynas HaMaestras, which is when the plant has grown enough that it's edible. And the second significant stage is the Gemar Malacha, also known as the Geiren stage. And that is once the whole processing of the fruit or the grain has been completed, for example, once it has been piled up. Now, only food which reached the Onus HaMaisras, which means it grew enough, only that produce is obligated in Maisras. However, the obligation only sets in once the Gemai Malacha has been reached, once the process has been totally completed. And before the Gemai Malacha, one is not allowed to separate the Maisras from Tevel. However, if one did separate the Maisras from Tevel, after it reached the Onus HaMaisras, so its produce which will become obligated, it just hasn't yet reached the Gemai Malacha. The halach is, although it's forbidden, it would be a valid tithe if you do separate it. And that gives rise to the machlekes in our Mishnah. Omar Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Yehuda said, Barashayna originally, The Chachom and the Beistin would send messengers to the homeowners and the people who worked in the fields in the various different cities in, in Eretz Israel, and they would send the following message, Hurry up and process your fruit and your produce before the time of the beer arrives. Why? Because as we explained before, when it comes to the beer, the tithes have to be separated from the tevel and given to their various owners, or be destroyed. But if the tevel has not yet reached its gemar melacha, then it's forbidden to separate those tithes. But at the same time, it's an obligation because of the beer. So you would be stuck in that situation where you'd be forced to do something which is regularly not allowed and would only be valid bedieved once it's done. And therefore they told the farmers to make sure that the tevel had been processed fully before the beer time so that the tithes would be separated in a totally permissible manner when the beer arrives. However, this was all until Rabbi Akiva came and taught that all produce which had not yet reached its Onus HaMaisras, and it's very important to realize that when the Mishnah refers to Onus HaMaisras over here, it's actually referring to the Gemara Melacha stage. So Rabbi Akiva is saying that all fruit which has not yet reached its Gemara Melacha, they will be exempt from beer, and so there's no point in hurrying up the farmers, because if it hadn't yet reached Gemara Melacha by the time it got to beer, they wouldn't need to separate the tithes at all. Beer would not apply to the Tevel produce if it has not yet been processed, according to Rabbi Akiva, the reason being that it's forbidden to tithe Tevel before the Gemara Melacha. So you're right, if you did it, it would be valid, but the fact that it is forbidden to do it ideally means that we don't look at it as potential tithes, such as you would have to separate the tithes when it comes to beer. Rather, beer does not apply to Tevel unless it has already reached its Gemara Melacha, so it is obligated in tithes. Mishnah test. The focus of this Mishnah is what one should do if he is not near home and he has tevel or tithes in his house and he won't be able to get home in time for the beer. And the way that this is going to be told to us is via a story, interestingly. 
of how Tanoim dealt with the situation. Somebody whose produce is far away from him, and the time of the Beal arrives, says the Mishnah, he must declare a name for them, meaning he needs to make sure that he gives the tithes and the produce to somebody else, as the Mishnah will now illustrate. There was a story which once happened with Rebbe Gamliel and other elders, other fellow Tanoim. They were going on a journey on a ship, and so they couldn't get in home in time for the beer. And Rebbe Gamliel had lots of produce in his house, and the produce which he had in his house was Tevel. So this is following on from the previous Mishnah, where we learnt that Tevel is also obligated in beer. And we'll assume that this Tevel had already reached its Gemara Malacha, so everybody agrees that it's obligated in, in beer. And so Rebbe Gamliel has to make sure of a few things. Firstly, he has to make sure that he separates the tithes from the Tevel. The second thing he needs to do is to make sure that he gives that tithe to somebody else. And the third thing is he's got to make sure that the tithe is not only owned by somebody else, but it is also removed from his house, because the mitzvah of beer is to make sure that no tithes are left in his house. Now the first difficulty, as it were, which Gamliel faced over here, is that in order to halakhically acquire something from somebody else, there are specific ways to do so. And when it comes to movable things, such as produce, just paying for it doesn't work. In fact, the only way to really do it is to lift it up. But of course the produce is nowhere near him, and he can't get somebody else to lift it up because he's on a ship. So what should he do? Well, the halacha is that when it comes to acquiring land, or even renting land, the rental or the sale can take effect just by the renter or the buyer paying for that land. And the halacha is that if somebody is buying land in that way, he can also acquire movable items which are on that land together with the land without doing a separate act of acquiring. And therefore, if somebody were to pay Rabbi Gamliel for the land on which his Tevel produce is lying on, so he would pay Rabbi Gamliel, and by paying him he acquires or he rents the land, and together with that comes the produce as well. So Rabbi Gamliel, Gamliel said, and although the mission doesn't quote everything which he said, what Rabbi Gamliel first did is he designated the tithe. So firstly he declared that a tenth of that produce which is in such and such a place, I am designating now as my serition. And then he continued to say, the tenth which in the future I will measure, and that's really referring to the tenth which he just designated, should now be given to Yeshua. This is referring to Rabbi Yeshua ben Hananya, who was with him on the ship. And Rabbi Yeshua ben Hananya was a levi. So Rabbi Gamliel was giving him the ownership of that Miserishan. But how should he do that? In general, you can't give ownership of a movable item unless the buyer or the receiver actually takes it. So the way he did it was the place on which the produce is lying, so that small area of land on which the, pro- the produce is, Muskarlai was rented to Rabbi Yeshua. So again, Rabbi Yeshua paid him Gamliel for that small area of land, and together with that also acquired the Miserishim which was on that land. Okay, and now Rabbi Gamliel had to focus on the next tithe, and that was Miser Oni. So it must have been either the third or the sixth year of the Shemitah cycle, because that's when Miser Oni is separated, instead of Miser Shani. So he said, Another tenth of the produce which I will measure, and as we explained, that means he separate, he designates it now, and after designating it, then he goes on to give it to somebody. And the specific person who he gave it to this time was Nosan Akiva ben Yosef. I'm giving to Akiva ben Yosef, who is the famous Rabbi Akiva, that he should acquire it on behalf of the poor people. Rabbi Akiva, amazingly, was the one who took responsibility for collecting funds for the poor people and taking care of those funds, and so he could acquire the Maisa Oni on behalf of the poor people. And again, how did he do that? The place on which that part of the produce is lying, 
was now rented to Rabbi Akiva. And of course, how did that rental take place? By Rabbi Akiva paying Rabbi Gamliel. Okay, so now Rabbi Yeshua received Maiserishan. But of course, we know that from Maiserishan, one has to separate Trumas Maiser, which is a tenth of the Maiserishan. So Rabbi Yeshua did the same thing as Rabbi Gamliel did. Omar Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua now said, The tenth which I will now, which I will in the future measure. So he now designates that tenth right now. And then he goes on to give it, Nosan Le'eloz Ben Azariah, should be given to Eloz Ben Azariah, who is also on the ship, because Rabbi Eloz Ben Azariah was a Kohen. And again, how did Rabbi Azariah acquire it? On the Kohen Muskaloi, its place was rented to Eloz Ben Azariah. So it comes out that Rabbi Yeshua rented part of Rabbi Gamliel's house, and part of what Rabbi Yeshua rented, Rabbi Elozben Azariah rented from Rabbi Yeshua in order to acquire the Trumas Maisa. Okay, and as they did that, each one received money from the other one, and that's how the rental took effect. Mr. Yud, the next few Mishnahis are going to discuss what is known as Vidui HaMaisras, and that is when one declares that he has given all of the tithes, and that he has fulfilled beer, and pretty much that he has done everything he needs to do with regards to the gifts to the Karnim Levim and the poor people. Now, although he said that the beer took place on Erev Yomtev, on the day before Pesach, the truth is one didn't have to destroy every last bit of it, because anything which he would eat on Yomtev itself, he was allowed to leave over as long as he would eat it by the end of Pesach. So for example, his Maiseshani, which he could eat himself, he could leave some of that over, and then as long as he eats it by the end of Pesach. And then by the end of Pesach, that's when the mitzvah beer had to be completed. So by Mincha, by Yom Achrein, and Mincha time, in the afternoon of the last day of Yom Tov of Pesach, they would confess, they would declare the Vidui HaMaisras. And Mishnah asks, How did the Vidui work? What exactly did the person say? And what the next few Mishnahis are going to take us through are the Pasukim which the Torah writes about Vidui HaMaisras and interpret each phrase of the Pasukim and what that phrase is referring to. Now when one said Vidui HaMaisras, he would just read out the Pasukim. Or you could say the Pesukim in a different language. But you wouldn't say out loud what each part of the Pesukim means. That's just what the Mishnah is doing. But the actual Vidya HaMaisis was just made up of the Pesukim. Now the reason why the Mishnah goes through what each part of the Pesukim means is because if somebody failed to do even one part of the Pesukim, then he is not allowed to say Vidya HaMaisis. So it says the Mishnah, the Pesuk says, I have destroyed the holy food from the house. What does that refer to? Says the Mishnah, It refers to my Sashani and Eteravoi because the Torah calls these two things Kodesh. The next part of the Pesuk says that he declares that Nasatev Levi, I have given it to the Levi. So what is he given? Zemaisalevi. That's the Maisa which goes to Leviim, i.e. Maiserishan. And the Pesuk continues, Vegam Nasatev, and I have also given. Now the Torah could have said, and I have given. The fact that it added the unnecessary word of also, the word also comes to include something else. So what does that come to include? Says the Mishnah, say Truma, Trumas Meiser. It comes to include Truma, and Trumas Meiser as well, since Trumas Meiser is the same, has the same status as Truma. Next part of the Posik says, I've given what needs to be given to the convert, to the orphan, and to the widow. Now, there are no tithes or gifts which go to these people specifically. However, whenever the Mishnah refers to poor people in conjunction with the tithes, it will often refer to them as using these three examples. These are examples of poor people, people who are often poor. And so this refers to Zemai Sa'oni, this refers to my Sa'oni, which is the tenth of one's produce which goes to poor people in the third and sixth years of the Shemitah cycle. And as well as that, it also refers to Haleket, Leket refers to the dropped stalks, but when he's harvesting the stalks of his field, if he drops some, then he needs to leave them for the poor. 
The hashikha, it also refers to shikha, which are forgotten bundles, which are left in the field, that also needs to go to the poor. The hapeya, and peya is the corner of one's field, which he also needs to leave to the poor. So that part of the postdoc is also referring to all of the gifts which go to poor people. However, the Mishnah adds, Even though these last three gifts are not 100% necessary for the declaration, meaning even if somebody did not leave Leket, Shikha, and Peyar, he is still allowed to say Vidya HaMaisras. And the reason for this is because the word which the Pasuk uses in the Vidya HaMaisras is Nasativ, I've given it. And when it comes to most of the tithes, the Torah says you should give the tithes. However, when it comes to Leket, Shikha, and Peyar, the Torah doesn't say you should give it to them, it says You should leave them. Leave the stalks and the bundles there, and the poor people will come and get it. But since the Torah uses a different wording for that, it teaches that even if you haven't done that, you're still able to say the video HaMaisras. However, as we learned before, if you were to miss out, let's say, Maiserishan, if you didn't give the Maiserishan, then you cannot say any of the video HaMaisras. Alright, now the Mishnah ends off, that Minha bias when the Torah says the words from the house, I've given the holy food from the house, what is the house adding? Zoichala, this refers to the gift of chala, which is a portion of one's dough which goes to Karnim, and this is because in the commandment to give chala, the Torah also uses the word bias, and therefore so too over here, bias refers to chala. Mishud Aleph, now we're going to continue the sequence of the Pesukim, but we're going to learn more laws which have to be kept in order for somebody to be able to say Vidu HaMaisras. So the Torah says, According to all of your commandments which you commanded me. So part of the declaration is saying I did everything as I'm supposed to do, and I separated the ties correctly. And so we learn from there that if he separated my sashani before separating my sarishan, then in Yochalais Vados he is not able to say the video Hamaisras, since although the Mysashani and Rishan are valid if he does it in the wrong order, it's forbidden ideally to do it in that order. And so since part of the declaration is that he did the separation of the tithes correctly, if he changed the order around then he won't be able to say video Hamaisras. And the same applies to the other tithes if he also did those in different order. The Apostle goes on, I didn't transgress any of your mitzvahs. So this is something more severe. It's an actual transgression in the separating of the tithes. So it refers to a way in which you separated the tithes in which the whole separation is invalid. Which means that the declaration is declaring that I didn't separate tithes from one species on behalf of another species, a different species. And not from produce detached from the ground on behalf of produce which is still attached to the ground. Not from attached produce on behalf of detached produce. And not from new crop, crop which grew that year on behalf of last year's crop. And not from a previous year's crop on behalf of this year's crop. Because if he had done any of those things, then the whole tithe is invalid. And finally, the Posseg ends off that I didn't forget. So what didn't he forget to do? I didn't forget to bless you, Hashem, and recognize that you are the source of all my sustenance. And to mention your name on it, and to praise you for all the produce which you have given me. So this is referring to the bracha which was made when separating the Trumas and Maiseras. There's a special bracha which is made, and that is Medrabanan. And although we're associating the bracha with the Pasuk, and the Pasuk is obviously Midaraisa, that's because according to the Torah, you do need to bless Hashem when you separate the Maiseras. It's just that you're allowed to say whatever you would like. Medrabanan is a special bracha, there's a formula of the bracha which you have to say that. But the concept of blessing Hashem when you separate Maiseras is itself Midaraisa.